I gotta up my game. Yeah. That's my saying. Strength is ageless. Welcome to the 403rd episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida. Do I ever have an interesting interview for you today? I was cruising along Instagram and saw this woman floating through ninja warrior type obstacles and she had gray hair. And since my hair became gray, I kind of notice. And I also notice people my age doing crazy things. And so I clicked on Gina McCall's story and saw this woman floating through the airs on the rings, on the salmon bars, on the floating, uh, floating steps, doing pull-ups, and... She had gray hair. I zoomed in. It's like, she's she actually is the same age as somebody who would have gray hair. And I dug a little further, and turns out that she's um, in her late 60s, and she's doing Ninja Warrior. So I looked into her f- story further, and turns out at age 63, she couldn't do a pull-up. She was diagnosed with osteopenia, and her daughter happens to be Jessie Graff, the famous ninja warrior and stunt artist. And she said, Mom, you ought to try to do pull-ups. So she went out to try to do a pull-up, and she couldn't do a pull-up. And she was shocked and amazed that, geez, she can't do a pull-up. Where did her strength go? And it's not like she was a couch potato. Jenny um, started her adult life as a dancer and an actor and has been very fit all of her life. spent some time living in the Poconos in a remote area, taking care of two children and, and a property in the dead of winter. So she's, you know, she's not somebody that is frail by any chance, but as most 63-year-old women, we can't do a pull-up. And so when I saw her doing all these pull-ups, I was like, man, I got to find out more about this story. And plus, I've got to up my game because as most of you know, I do some pull-ups, but they're assisted with a band. So I have this contraption in my little home gym with a band that helps me do my pull-ups. But not Jenny. She, Jenny, she does pull-ups one after another, and she's up to 17 from a dead hang. So none of this skipping type stuff that rocks her way up. She's dead hang pull-ups, 17, I believe she's up to, plus all the other ninja warrior pull-ups with your fingers and all these other kind of things. So I'll leave links to her story and what she does because it's quite motivating in the show notes. But what I hope you take away is... Jenny's motto, strength is ageless. And you can always do more than you think you can. So I think without further ado, I will send you to this introduction, which is part of the movie that Jenny was in, Palms. So I'd like to welcome Jenny McCall to the podcast today. I believe the way I came across you on Instagram was I was scrolling through different different things on my feed, and I saw this gray-haired lady doing ninja obstacles, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute, because I'm a gray-haired lady, and <laughs> and I want to I want to see what she's doing, and so I started clicking on your you know your different posts, and it's like, oh my goodness, this woman not only does she do pull-ups. She did. She started her first pull up when she was like sixty three, but she's doing them with her fingers now. She's doing the rings. You know, <laughs> I felt so good about myself early on. You know, I do a, a band assisted pull up in my you know uh, entrance to a closet, thinking that I was doing some pretty good things. And it's like, what a lame 
excuse I am for herself. I got to step up my game now. So welcome, Jenny. <laughs> Thank you very much. But you know what? It's, we all are always trying to up our game because we never hit the place that we want to. There's always something more to strive for. I always like to say I like attainable goals because, you know, my first goal when I started this whole journey was to get one pull up. That was my goal. And um, women of my generation were never expected or pushed, encouraged to do a lot of these different kinds of exercises because it wasn't feminine or you didn't want to get bulky or that kind of a mentality. Um, so I didn't have the upper body strength um, at all. So it took an entire year to get a pull up because you have to work, you know, the arms, the chest, the back. Um, you have to do the whole thing. And so it, it took literally seven months before I started to see um, a change, a, a defining of the muscles a little bit, but an entire year to get one. So then I had to up that goal to five. So from there, I had to up it to like eight and then 10 and then 12. So I do it where I, th you know, if I did it to 20, it's out of reach for me. It seems like that's impossible. So by taking those baby steps, I feel that um, I can make more improvements and, and have that sense of accomplishment because, you know, we don't want to feel bad about ourselves um, if we can help it. <laughs> but you, you know, um, you know, you weren't a, you weren't a couch potato. Um, if we start back on your story, uh, you were a dancer and an actor on actress on Broadway um, very, very, you know, um, fit, uh, maybe not in the traditional weightlifting sense of the word, but very fit uh, from that. And then, uh, you know, I'll let you tell your story a little bit. You know, you started there, but then you end up in the Poconos being a self-made uh, single mom. So yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like life was always rocky and rosy and one success led to another for you. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to do a pull up and I can do a pull up or oh, I'm going to be an actress and I'm going to be an actress. It wasn't it wasn't that life was easy for you. You, you know, you had a set of um, failures as motivators, perhaps in some respects. So tell us a little bit about how things things went. Yes. Well, that's that's a loaded question because I have 70 years of history to <laughs> report. But I always look at it as um, they're just obstacles in your way. And, and, you know, you can't get away from obstacles. They just appear when you least expect it. And I kind of look at it as a, a, you know, a hurdler. Each jump is one more thing you have to hurdle and then have to go past the next one. But, uh, yeah, I am. Um, at 16, I knew I wanted to never stop exercising in some way, shape, or form. My mom and dad never exercised. And, and my mom said her exercise was, you know, cleaning the house. So different kind of mentality. But to me, it meant that I had to follow that dream. And that meant going to New York from, from Tennessee is where I grew up. And I think dance gave me a discipline for life, though. Uh, which I think is great for any of the sports that the kids are getting into these days. Um, so I went to New York to be a professional dancer and I did do modern dance and companies and scholarships and all sorts of things until I landed um, Pippin, which was a Broadway show by Bob Posse, one of the tops of all the choreographers. So that was, you know, that pinnacle where, wow. And I got to be a um, understudy to one of the leads and I got to go on for two weeks straight. And I would walk down Broadway going, this is the, this is the top of the top. I mean, this is the best thing in the world of playing a lead on Broadway. So even though it was an understudy, I still got to play it for two weeks. Um, and then I danced the rest of the time there. And from there, I started doing TV commercials because people said, hey, you, you know, you have this look. And um, so I went, oh, okay, let me try that. <laughs> and I got my pictures and resumes and went to an agent and they said, oh, let me send you out on some things. And I, I look at that as my golden years because, you know, you, you deal with residuals. And I did things like um, sizzling and all detergent and GM and P&G and uh, Folgers coffee. I mean, literally hundreds of TV commercials. And um, that's where I met my husband and had both of my children in New York City. 
Um, but, you know, all good things sometimes come to an end. So <laughs> my marriage failed. And that's when I moved out to the Poconos where we had a second home, but we had no income at this point. So uh, everything was falling apart because it just, you know, need I say more? <laughs> when, when it falls apart, it really comes tumbling down. And that's where I went, you know, from the city to the country was, was very, very um, exciting. And at the same time, it was terrifying because now I couldn't commute and do commercials anymore. I had to figure out how to make money. And um, I went to a bookstore because I love books. And I think for 5.15 an hour, I would work there. <laughs> and that wasn't going to do it. So then I got uh, started teaching dance. So it was interesting that that background came around to help me. Um, so I, I taught dance and my daughter took all my classes. My son was not too pleased about having to come to my dance classes with me, but hey, you know, you have to have to make do. Um, so I taught dance for a while and it still really wasn't enough to take care of us. Um, so I went to a radio station to do voiceovers. And the guy said, well, you know, we don't pay anybody to do the voiceovers. Do you want to try sales? You can make X amount of dollars. I'm like, oh, okay. So that was quite a learning experience where I got more into understanding how a computer works, which I had never really gotten into. But there were so many lessons along the way being in the country because we were in the back backwoods. Um, the kids didn't have cable TV. We had three channels. Um, they didn't, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't um, have any of that. We had one telephone that was a party line, <laughs> if you can believe that. Um, so it was a rugged existence and the winters were like terrifyingly cold. And the kids were always out of school, which made earning a living even more difficult. But when there's nobody there to help you, you have to figure out how to do it. And uh, I think that's one of the things my daughter most learned from me is she saw that you have to learn how to be self-sufficient in life because you never know when that other person may not be there to help you if there is another person. So um, there was one time my, my son had um, a double ear infection and he was just in terrible pain and it had snowed 10 inches and nobody could get back to my house and I, nobody could get out. So um, I put on cross-country skis and cross, you know, went as far as I could to the closest house and I had somebody from the town to bring up the medicine. So that was a kind of existence we had, whether it was a bat in the house or, or whatever, you have to take care of it. Um, so there were so many um, wonderful memories of that, but I think it was a great period for my kids too, because it was beautiful. It was just gorgeous there, but it was very difficult to maneuver and make a living. So eventually I met someone, we got married and moved to Maryland, then now in North Carolina. So I went from Tennessee all the way to New York and Pennsylvania, way back down again. Um, and that when I retired, you know, I had to leave acting and it was always my dream to get back to acting because I had to leave it at a time and I didn't want to. So um, when I retired and we were in North Carolina, they have uh, Wilmington, which a lot of film work is done there. And so I got an agent and she told me to go gray, look my age. And um, that, was, that was terrifying in its own sense, <laughs> but actually very liberating. Um, and I, uh, it took a while because you have to, you know, get to know the casting directors. They have to get to know you. You have to get to know the whole, the way it works in the South. And that was like, I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is that it was a dream. It was always a dream. And I was able to make that dream come true again for myself by just plugging along and being persistent. I mean, you don't get a lot. You can, you can audition a ton of times and it can be very, um, you know, in, unnerving to feel about yourself when you're not getting the jobs, but you just keep going. And that's when Palms came into my life. Palms is with Diane Keaton and uh, Rhea Perlman from Cheers and um, oh, uh, Jackie Weaver. 
um, was one of the stars, but it was just a fantastic experience for me because it was the same goal. I mean, of that movie, it said, it's never too late to chase a, a dream. And um, it was like, if you fail at it, which these group, this group of cheerleaders that Diane Keaton had formed in a retirement villa, um, if you fail, which they failed, um, just get up, work harder, train harder, and get going again. So the movie just kind of paralleled my life in a way. It's also like you need a buddy system. I, I tell that to people all the time. It's so much more fun if, if you don't exercise and you want to get started. You know, walking is a great way to start. But to have a buddy that you walk with makes it fun. And I'm all about making it fun and making games out of my exercise. But um, am I rattling on too long? Or <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it, you know, it's it. You know, you when I you listen to it, it it you know, it's amazing how you can look back on things and see that things work out the way they should. You know, they I'm should. a I'm a big advocate of things will always work out. We don't necessarily know what that path is going to be, but they all tend to work out. And everything was training you for the next step in some some respect. And you know, I. Your daughter, uh, Jenny, you know, Jenny Graff, you know, Jessie, she, Jessie Graff. Jessie Graff, I'm sorry, she, um, you know, she, I, I listened to one of her TED Talks and, and she resonates the same situation, the same stories, you know, I mean, there was never a, I can't do it role model for her, or we just have to sit back because we can't. It was always can do, how do we do it? And how do we make it fun? You know, so you, you, you know, you kind yeah. of make, how do we of, figure it out? Like uh, she says, sometimes the worst thing that happens in your life becomes the best thing that ever happened in your life. So like a divorce, it seems like the, the end of the world, you know, ended up being a very strong time for me as well. Um, but she also, when she looks at things, she knows she's not the strongest one out there in American Ninja Warrior, but she has to figure out how to make it work like engineering through it. Like you can't get there from here to there and be the fastest. So how can I get from here to there and be the most efficient? What will make me get there the way I need to get there? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a great way to look at life, you know? Yeah. So, you know, to fast forward a little bit, you were given a diagnosis of osteopenia, which means that you don't have full blown osteoporosis, but you definitely have thinning of the blood via DEXA or bones via DEXA scan. And, you know, the traditional medicine way is to, you know, stick people on medication, which really doesn't do much and does carry a lot of side effects to it. But the best way that we know to build bone is to do strength training. And so, you know, we recommend in our practice that people do strength training, but your daughter recommended you do pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> well, which is I mean, that, that's an interesting story in itself because yeah, osteopenia, um, it really was like, what? How does this happen? I wish people knew earlier that, that you lose one to 2% of bone mass per year after age 30. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's terrible, but that you can change that if you have a regular routine, three times a week of strength training, two to three times. Um, but I, uh, yeah, after two years of working on pull-ups and doing, uh, I had got a personal trainer because obviously I, I had no idea how to lift properly. And I think we always make mistakes with it. And I recommend getting a personal trainer that knows you know, don't let your knees fall in, get your head up, do, you know, there's so many things that people can do wrong and hurt themselves. So I got a personal trainer. And um, so I, after two years of weightlifting, I went to get another test. And um, I was like, so excited thinking, you know, I wonder if anything changed. And it did, it went back to normal. Now I've understood, I understand now that you can get osteopenia back to normal, but you can't necessarily get osteoporosis. Now, I don't know because I don't have osteoporosis. I haven't investigated, but maybe you can tell me that was told by a doctor that said that you can't reverse osteoporosis. Yeah, you, you basically you can because you're laying down bone anyway. So osteoporosis basically is a degree of osteopenia that means that the bone is thinned 
to a somewhat dangerous level uh, in, in certain areas. And, you know, to be quite honest, the DEXA scan is not entirely accurate. It, you know, the, some of the formulas that look at different things, it, it's not a life, it's not a death sentence to have osteoporosis. Um, and the reality of it is any of the drugs may improve things not much more than one or 2% and come with a whole host of side effects. But with strength training, you can build bone back. You can, because it's, you know, yes. we're, our, as long as we're alive, we have cells that um, build, uh, lay down bone and cells that break down bone. And so when we stimulate the osteoblast to lay down bone by moving, uh, pulling the muscle on the bone, putting weight on the bone, uh, you're, you, you do enhance it. The problem is... Um, how much can you, once, if somebody ends up having a fracture or they're in pain, you know, how, then it becomes difficult to, you know, to work, work their way back, but you can, it's just like any other disease process. The more you let yourself go, the harder it is to pull yourself back and the less right. time you have to pull yourself back. We you know what we tell people is the biggest thing with osteoporosis is don't fall. You know, so keep your balance. And that's the other thing you did. You just didn't do pull-ups. You started playing on these uh, these steps, you know, with the, the ninja, you know, the ninja steps. And the balance so is so much fun. I saw, I, I looked up on Google and they said as a 50-year-old, you should be able to stand on one leg for 40 seconds. As a 60-year-old, I think it was 20 seconds. As a 70-year-old, it was 10 seconds, which is not very much on one foot. So it's a good test to see where you are in your balance. And I think it, it, I've, I've done that on several people and I think they're pretty shocked when they can't hold it for that amount of time. But it's something, yeah, you in the vestibular uh, that you lose as you get older, the uh -huh. nervous system. So, um, but you can, again, with practice, if you know these things and I wish people would you know, study up at a younger age so they don't run into the problems that people are running into today. But balance can be so much fun. Well, I mean, I heard you mentioned it on another podcast, which is very important, you know, ears over shoulders, shoulders over pelvis, pelvis over knees, knees over ankles. And with the computers and the cell phone, I mean, all you have to do is go to the grocery store or an airport TSA line and see everybody with their head, you know, that 10 pound bowling ball way out in front of their spine uh, and people, you know, lay, sitting forward with the heels on their shoes. So their, their legs are forward and they're, they look like a, you know, um, an old crooked walking stick, basically at a very, and everything, everything yeah. is based on like this, reading a newspaper, reading a book, reading your, well, you can't see, right. You can't, we're not in yeah. video, yeah. right. Right. But, uh, and they call it text neck, but what I see is the rolled shoulders and that is like very hard for people to, you know, get that straight again, once you're, you know, rolled over because we do that action so often. So I say every time that you're like, you know, looking down, you should do the reverse. Well, and the thing that, you know, that impressed me so much that, you know, I, I think is so great with what you do is the hanging from your arms. And when you, when you talked about um, you know, the pull up is, you know, it's one developing the strength to be able to pull yourself up, but, but just being able to hang means that your shoulders actually rotate to the point where you can get your arms up. And so many people can't do that in our office. You know, if we, you know, I'll turn to the side, you can see if I said, put your arms over your head, people are kind of like this as opposed, you know, and then they're kind of, they can't get their arms over and they don't even realize when it didn't happen. And, you know, so people don't realize that they do the same few movements every day, but they don't move all their parts. And so yeah. when your shoulders don't move, your back doesn't move. So the hanging from, you know, the rings or the, the pull-up bar is such a great thing for your spine. Yeah, it puts your body in alignment. So that's good. And it also, you know, builds strength when you can hold your body weight up like that. And doing a pull-up, even if you just start, like I tell a lot of people just to start like and pull up as far as they can and just hold it for three seconds and do that several times. And then the next day they might be able to hold four seconds and little by little you, you, you know, can pull yourself a bit more. It takes a long time, but I can't tell you how 
self-satisfying it is to be able to do a pull-up. And then when I can turn around and do 10 pull-ups at the Marines when they are at the different places, and <laughs> that is really an accomplishment. Well, and the thing that, you know, I mean, I got like, I, I am uh, very much anti-hack. Um, I, I believe in doing things, you know, the right way, not, I don't believe in cheating and, and not that, you know, a lot of the Kipling pull-ups, but, you know, I mean, I, I think that you do a pull-up from a dead hang, you know, and I, I think that, that, that the movement and the mobility, it's so important that, you know, when you do that, how did you, you know, your grip strength isn't, that's another thing that's associated with a decreased longevity is losing grip strength. And so many people can't, grip anything. Well, I have a lot of arthritis as well, but it doesn't hinder me because I keep moving, you know, moving parts don't rust all that, but I use a little tool like this. It's a simian. And I, because, you know, there's so many things you can't open anymore. You can't, I mean, it's so hard to open a jar as you get older. There are these things that you don't ever think that are going to happen to you when you suddenly have to get some kind of a tool in order to get a jar off. But this, you you have different um, uh, strengths that you can put in it. Like this makes it stronger having this in it. Mm -hmm. And you, you, you know, twist it and twirl it. And, and I do that when I'm watching TV. So I'll do a lot of things like that. I just go through a, a small routine with this. Um, for my fingers, I'll take a rubber band from the broccoli that I get in the store and I, I work my fingers. Or if I go to the beach, I'm working my hands through the sand. So I'm always doing something to try to strengthen the hands because I need them so much for Ninja. Um, so those are some of my tricks of trying to get a stronger grip. Um, so and I think that's important, too. So you went from doing pull-ups and uh, it was a neighbor that had kind of a ninja setup. He, did he do ninja? Um, is that how he you did? He did in the military uh, division and um, he, we don't have anything, no gym close to us. So he started building them in his yard. And um, when I went over them, I met him in an acting class actually and went over and, and just kind of played around. And he said, one day you're going to be able to do all these things. And I thought, crazy the man yeah. is nuts but they had he built the um floating steps which it's not in the show now but it was and you have five different steps and they go up higher so that's what I was working on um and then the, the pegboard and all sorts of things and now it's gotten very very interesting there's so much stuff there that we keep I go to a competition and I see something that's pretty simple um like for balance he just got bed risers that, you know, you can get at Bed Bath & Beyond or something. And we balance, we, we put a like line of them up and go across them. Um, so there are simple ways that are not that expensive that the top of a PVC pipe, you know, the little end of it, you know, balancing on those. Um, so we've just grown it so that we have now big wires across between trees lovely there being able to be between the trees and hear the ocean <laughs> uh, it's just a fun place to be and we put different um, uh, grips on it mm -hmm. so there'll be like a bungee cord which makes you bounce down and you have to hold it with your grip um, from nunchucks to rings to you know handles so we keep trying to keep it fresh and new and something different because then we'll slide across the wire and switch to a different um, grip and letting go is one of the hardest things like doing a lache where you, you know, you swing and then you let go and you grab another pull. Um, it's just, you don't want to, you know, it's against nature. You don't want to let go. <laughs> it's so it takes a lot of practice to, to it mentally. We say it's like 90% mental to do half of the things, but I just, I just, uh, you know, we did it, like I said, in um, baby steps where we brought the steps in close and you learn to do that. And then you bring it a little further out. You learn to do that. So everything I do is like taking it a step back. Well, what's the progression I can do to, to learn this. And um, like we were just working today from a platform, jumping down into a mini tramp. And I stood at the top of the platform and I went, I like this. 
So I just moved down the ramp a little bit and I, I moved my way back until I got to the top. So yeah, it's uh, progressions make it a lot easier mentally, but there's a lot of technique involved. So that's, that's been a learning process because I didn't grow up with all the track and the gymnastics and the uh, rock climbing that many of the ninjas did. You know, um, we, I did road marathons for years and years and years. In the last couple of years, we've kind of moved into the ultra scene where it's trail. And so we're out West and on these rocks and I live in Florida and, you know, I, again, I, most of my marathon career has been running on uh, roads and sidewalks. And then all of a sudden we're in these rocks and uneven rocks and boulders and, and all kinds of crazy things. And, you know, it was frustrating, you know, it's frustrating yet exhilarating to run down these um, washed out, you know, ravines and things on all these different rocks. And I watched the younger people go down and they kind of just, you know, it's like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? Because, you know, and it's like, I, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is, well, I have to go to work on Monday. <laughs> and they may not be quite, you know, because as you get older, you, you also, you do remember pain and you do know how you injure yourself. And so there is a, <laughs> There is a, you know, thinking part that maybe inhibits you a little bit. Um, yet, you know, again, it's also very um, challenging. Well, how might I better, you know, learn to do these things? And again, when I saw you and what you're doing, I immediately, you know, set up a little obstacle course in my what? exercise room with different things that I, I do have to tell a funny story about that. So I set up, you know, a bonsai ball and some steps and some different weights and some things that were uneven to make this little room more um more of an obstacle room and i came out of the room i was actually I actually have a dehydrator in the closet and i came out of the dehydrator with things from the dogs and i, I got through all the obstacles and then tripped on the carpet <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and i laughed and it's like really you know i mean you went through this obstacle course and you caught your foot on a piece of carpet i didn't fall down but i mean it's just you know it's just funny how uh, it's like well i got to practice more because obviously <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, but it, yeah. You know, the, the, the big thing I want to say, too, about all this obstacles and stuff like that is it's so important as we age and at all walks of life is to warm up beforehand and then also stretch <laughs> afterwards. And so many people don't do that. And that's that's a really important thing. Yes, I, um, you know, in my early days when I, my stretching was bending over to fill the dog's bowl up with water and, you know, and now it's become a process in the morning and a process in the evening to do all those stretching. If I want to be able to go out the door and not look like the tin man going down the street. <laughs> so it, I, I must say that I got a lot out of yoga. Um, I felt that that keeps you um, more flexible because we tend to stiffen up. Um, like I, when I wake up in the morning, oh, you should see me. I'm, it's very sad. You know, <laughs> those joints are just not working well, but the little bit of yoga, I think really, really helps to fix that. And when I did palms, one of the reasons I got that, um, I was one of the cheerleaders and I got, to, they asked me to do a split and I hadn't done a split since college. That's a long time ago. And so I, you know, immediately went into yoga, said, help, <laughs> I got to get this split down. Perfect. So, um, and now it's gone away again. I have to work on that. I have to do that like every other night or I just lose that flexibility. But that was a, that was an interesting process to, um, you know, try to get that split again for the, for the movie. That was a good motivator. It's like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> but again, it's possible. It is possible. It's just something that you have to be persistent at and consistent. I think consistency is the biggest thing that we all lose um, uh, that, you know, we, three days on one day off, or like you say, you know, you don't do something, um, we try to do challenges in our practice, monthly challenges to get people to do a different movement. Because if you can do something 30 days in a row, um, some form of a movement or just a movement, then it becomes more of a habit than, you know, I'm gonna, I have to remember to do this. Because I, I know for myself, if I, 
say, ah, you know, it's the weekend, I'm going to blow this off. Then it becomes two days that you're going to blow it off. You know, I say that exact same thing all the time. You want to have a plan with a goal and you want that goal to be attainable, but it's not just enough to have the intention. You have to have the grit. You have to have the behavior and the habit to make yourself do it every other day or every day or whatever the routine make you start. You have to do it. Nothing can get in the way. No rain, no fog, <laughs> no job. Um, you just have to get up earlier to do it. But it becomes, once it becomes a habit, then, uh, and you have the commitment, which is a lot of people say they want to do something, but they don't fully commit. So once you have that, then it becomes, um, it becomes consistent and, and second nature. And yes, that's what you want. I, I used to swim in the, the lake in the Poconos and I would swim out to a buoy and come back every morning, rain, fog, anything. And, I, and that's what I said. I was like, if I don't do it one day, that gives me an excuse not to do it another day. So it would just, it was a habit. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with um, oxygen consumption or VO2 max. In the endurance world, you know, how much oxygen you can take up limits about your speed and your ability to do things. And a lot of, um, a lot of the literature suggests this, you know, like you, you suggested, as we age, we lose muscle mass, we lose bone mass, but we also lose the ability to take up oxygen that, that decreases our ability to perform endurance activities. Exactly. But there was actually a recent study done that actually showed that it's not age that decreases VO2 max or oxygen consumption. It's actually lack of training volume. So as we get older, we don't do the things that we did as often or as long as we did, and we become less able to, not because we're falling apart, but because of we've lost it. Well, we are because we've lost the training effect by not doing it. It's not that it's not possible, it's just that we've, again, you know, put the Model T in the garage and the wheels are going to, you know, and the, and the tires are going to, or, you know, they're going to, they're going to rot because they're in there. Had you driven it, you know, you would have been fine. Um, so I thought that that was very encouraging from endurance athlete, you know, standpoint, because again, as somebody that runs, it's always, I'm always looking at the, you know, when I look at an ultra race, I look at, so who's the oldest one there and how did they do? <laughs> You know, how, you know, when, you know, how keep it going. Like you mentioned, you know, when you went to the, you know, senior Olympics game, you know, you saw a hundred year old doing the running, you know, you see 90 year olds doing the swimming. So it's, it's encouraging. It can be done. Um, when you're doing the Ninja Warriors, do you see any other woman near your age? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. There's a couple of men though um, that have been, I think, there was one, I think, in his 70s that tried this past year. Yeah. So, but not many. It's really becoming more and more uh, like teenage 15 and 19 to 19-year-olds. 19 they just have no fear. They just, whew, and they're so light. And they're like, gosh, it's just amazing. So on the other end of the spectrum, there's me. Um, there's some that are over 40. Mm -hmm. There's some that are over 50, but very few. I don't know of anybody else, any other woman in their 60s. Mm -hmm. Possibly they are, but I don't recall them. But yeah, um, the you know, I swim competitively in the Senior Olympics. And um, I did meet, uh, I didn't meet her, but I saw her name is Julia Hurricane Hawkins. Mm -hmm. And she's 105 now. I saw her when she was 103 walking. She was walking in it, but she started walking at 100. And she's sprightly. I mean, you should see her go. It's just, it's so um, inspiring to see people in their 80s and 90s. And I love swimming for that respect because I don't see people getting injured that much. They really have just the resistance of the water and the Water aerobics, I think, is a wonderful thing to start with, too, because you, you're getting a little bit of resistance. But the cardio, I still, when I was a kid, I used to be able to swim across the pool underwater. I can't do that now. So I need to practice it more. If you say I can do it, I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, it'll, it'll work. It's, again, it's just, again, training, training lungs, training right. technique, and uh, 
it, it, it can be trained. I, 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 think it's, I think it's great. And um, you're still doing Ninja. You're still I'm competing. Still Yep, I still come in. I competed this past weekend. Um, so there are a lot of leagues that are around the country. So um, they're they're nice to go to because I get to, I work out or I'm in the, the area of 40 plus, which they call the masters. That's 40 plus. Now that's still a lot of long way away from me, but it's still a little bit better than, <laughs> than you know, the teenagers and the 20 year olds that are, that are flying through the course. Um, and there are more and more of us. I, th I think a lot of the kids, I remember a lot of them came up and the, the parents came up to me and they said, you know, my daughter came up to me and said, why can't you do it? Jesse's mom is doing it. And so now more and more adults or parents are out there doing it too. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think um, CrossFit is a thing that's led women to compete more at a longer age. Um, and you I know, haven't tried that yet. I have to. Ninja, that's, well, like well, to that's, that's kind of like what you, you know, in some respects, it's what you do without the, you know, without the obstacles, so to speak. So it's, uh, you know, more strength, but less, uh, you know, less gymnastics per se. But, you know, I, I think you're an all around athlete. And I, I actually think, you know, you're on to something. You're, you're really on to something because, um, you know, I, I think you're, you know, you might as well, let's just call you the pioneer right now, because I believe that. I like that. The obstacles, well, just think about it though. You know, it's not just strength training, it's balance training, it's endurance training, it's your whole body movement. Um, I, I can't think of really a better sport for somebody as they're aging to do some of those things, um, as opposed to, you know, three, lift something eight times, goes to down, lift something eight times, goes, you know what I mean? It, it just moves everything. It's a dynamic movement. And I think you got to keep pushing it. I think you got to push, <laughs> you know, to get more and more, because I, I really think that it's, it's a great sport. It's a great sport for women. You know, I mean, I, I think that, yeah, again, part of my practice has been is, you know, in Florida, a lot of times people come down here to retire and they just wait till it's five o'clock for happy hour and to go meet people to eat, you know? So it's, you know, yes. and it's a eat, drink, wait for the next day, maybe take a little walk, maybe golf, but it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's deterioration of varying degrees. And, well, you know, that's what we're trying to, to get, you know, to get away from. There's something more to life than waiting to go to the outback. <laughs> and, exactly. You know, exactly. And, and, and there are things out there. There's so many things out there. I mean, with the pickleball and the tennis and the bicycle riding and the swimming. I mean, there's so many different sports that can get you up and and they're fun. You know, they're fun to do. Well, I, I think you should start the senior games ninja warriors. You know, I mean yeah, I I know. that that should be your, you know, let me just put you out there for for that. I mean, yeah, you can do the swimming and that's all great, but I, I think that's what you've got to push. <laughs> yeah, all around uh, strength, that's for sure. So that you're you're thing. still working on a handstand? I you know, my wrists are so bad that it's it's difficult to do that. So I haven't worked on it in a while. I have a pattern of what I should do, but you know, there's so many different things to work on that it's difficult to get it all in. <laughs> I know I was telling my cousin the other day, I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on this split and I want to do a pistol squat, you know, all the way, the one leg pistol squat. And, you know, I'm haphazard, do it, then don't do it, then do it, then don't do it, do part of it, you know, um, but those are the motivations. And of course we have the running goal. We did a 50 miler, uh, race last year, and we'll probably get to the 50 K mark this year, which would be in the sixties. And, you know, who knows, um, if I can get over the fear of sleep deprivation, we might even go for the hundred hundred miler, but, uh, I lost enough sleep during my residency that I, I don't like to lose my nap, my sleeping at night. <laughs> you know, sleep is so important too. I mean, that's when everything regenerates. So, um, I, you know, as you get older too, I find sleep can escape you. I mean, there's some nights that are no problem at all. And then there are those nights where you get up and it's like, you can't get back to sleep and it's just awful. And you're just not getting the sleep that you need to. And then you go through the next day, like dragging. So, you, you know, that's such an important part of your day too. Not only strength training and cardio training, yes, you, sleep, you do have diet, everything. <laughs> you do, you do have to recover. 
Um, and, you know, and as far as, you know, I'm just going to make a little plug uh, as far as your arthritis. And, you know, we used to think that arthritis was overuse, um, osteoarthritis. There was, a, you know, an autoimmune arthritis, rheumatoid, lupus, uh, scleroderma. Those were when the body attacks the proteins of the joint uh, from an inflammatory standpoint. Um, but osteoarthritis, we thought was, you know, as people get older, the things that they've moved, your knees go bad, your hips go bad. Um, but what we're finding is that no matter what your x-ray looks like, if you can take the inflammation out of your body, um, it doesn't really matter what you, you look like. You can take the pain and keep the mobility. Uh, you know, one of the things is, is to keep mobile, like you're doing and keep the movement and moving all the, uh, right. part. But the other one, we take the inflammatory things out of the diet, then all of a sudden people's joints don't hurt anymore. And what people don't recognize is that um, a lot of omega, you know, our, our um, processed foods uh, contain a lot of omega-6 fatty acids, um, which, you know, the seed oils, for instance, you know, anything we take the oil out uh, and we leave the fiber and we leave the nutrient of the nut behind or the seed behind. And that oil um, can go to goes to make inflammatory compounds. Now we need, if you catch a cold, you need to be able to make inflammatory compounds and you need to be able to clot your blood if you get a cut. But with the way processed foods are, there's so many omega-6s in everything. If it's a protein bar, if it's the breading on something, if it's in a cereal, it's in granola, you know, it's on, you know, people, do, however they're cooking, of course, olive oil is bastardized because, you know, 40% of it can be seed oil because there's little regulation. So these omega-6s have crept in our diet so much and become such fillers that it's a source of inflammation. Um, and so we found that when we take those out and then we add a little bit more omega-3s, flaxseed, hemp seed, chia seeds into the diet, all of a sudden joints don't hurt anymore. You know, when you take animal, you know, some of the animal proteins out of the diet, then all of a sudden they, you know, the, uh, the joints don't hurt anymore because of the inflammatory compounds. Cause you know, when we eat animals, we eat what the animal ate. Um, and typically animals are fed genetically modified, you know, oh, goodness. Yeah. Stuff, stuff. So, a lot of uh, stuff. so we're finding that, you know, even when people come in and say, well, you know, my doctor said I'm bone on bone. When we change people's diet, their x-rays don't improve, but their function improves because we take the, the, you know, the inflammation out of the bones. So, um, I'm you know, curious, what do you think about all the different uh, vitamins and supplements that you can take and the calcium? How, how good is that for your bone? How good is glucosamine and fish oil for your joints. Um, so what do you think? Fish oil has never been shown to do really anything. Uh, the omega-3s in fish oil is over it counterbalanced by all the other contaminants that might be in the fish oil. Um, we, you know, we actually have people take flaxseed, you know, ground into the breakfast or chia seed. I put a tablespoon of chia seed in my, you know, and with my fruit in the morning. Um, but, you know, the other things, glucosamine chondroitin can have some things. Turmeric is a very, very good anti-inflammatory. So, we take, use, yeah. you, know, you know, you can take turmeric capsules. It has the anti-inflammatory action of a Motrin. So when people get injured, we have them take turmeric. Uh, I had an 87-year-old Ironman athlete, and she took turmeric for her ankle pains and never had any ankle pain, you know. So, a, you know, so a couple turmeric capsules are adding it to the food. Uh, markedly decreases, you know, inflammation. Um, vitamin D improves the immune system. It doesn't do a whole lot for the, for the bones. You know, you need adequate amounts, you need sunshine, you know, but all the other kind of supplements, your body can make the most of the stuff if given the opportunity. Um, so it's a matter, it's more of tight, tight rope walking the, um, the contaminants in things. You know, so we so we try to get people to do whole foods for the most part. Um, if people are sick, certainly vitamin C. Um, we do vitamin you know D and zinc if people are sick with certain some of those things. But for the most part, um, you know, in a plant based diet, B12. And again, we want people's vitamin D levels to be adequate, so we want them to be about fifty because we know people do better. But I don't, um, you know, I don't do or have people take a handful of supplements every day, you know, or yeah. we want people to get things from a whole food, so to speak, because our body knows how to use things together. 
uh, when we start separating them out, um, you know, then it becomes uh, a little bit, and, and, you know, and then even in the process, um, you know, we talked about, I do a nutrition class as part of my practice every week. And, you know, broccoli, for instance, is a great anti-cancer food. Um, and unfortunately, when you cook it to death, you really decrease most of the anti-cancer properties of it. So what about, what, uh, you know, I started cooking it in, uh, bone, bone broth. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad you brought that up. So bone broth is, you know, if you think about it, the animal's bone is, that's where all the contaminants are going to go. So, um, the, yeah. So if you think about it, iron, uh, all the heavy metals, that's, that's really what's in the, the bone broth. Um, right. and so, yeah, so the best thing you can do is add mustard or mustard seed to the broccoli and cut it before you cook it. So if you chop it, it actually activates the enzymes and then, or if it's frozen broccoli, just add a little mustard seed powder. You really don't taste it much, but it reactivates those enzymes so that you get the benefits from it. Huh. Um, but, you know, cooking things to, you know, boiling things tends to get rid of a lot of the nutrients. But, but you know, again, my, my point was going to be that on the other hand, if you go to health food stores, they put all the broccoli powders and the super greens and all this kind of stuff. Well, when they do that, even blanching something to freezing decreases the enzymes and decreases the protective fat. So when we try to hack by doing powders and things like that, most of that stuff's denatured. So in theory, it might be good. And maybe it's better than nothing, but, you know, if you can get a hold of good old broccoli and just steam it lightly and, you know, a little mustard seed, you're going to go, you know, do a lot better than, you know, having taken, uh, you know, a capsule full of what, you know, is claimed to be. The other thing with the bone broth um, and iron, so iron's a heavy metal, um, you know, lead, mercury, they're heavy metals, but iron specifically, when you take iron from an animal source, you can absorb all of it, whether you need it or not. But when you get your iron from a plant source, because the animal got their iron from a plant source, right? They, they got the right. iron eating, right. eating the plant. Then we need a protein to absorb the iron. And so we only absorb how much we need. So if you have spare proteins, you have basically, you have cars that don't have iron in it, then you take, you know, you, you fill a car with iron. But if you don't need the iron, then you don't absorb it excessive amounts of iron goes to your heart, to your liver and your brain, it's toxic. You know, it's Alzheimer's, it's heart disease, it's liver disease. Um, so as we age, it's very, it's very rare that we don't have enough of something. It's most people have accumulated way too much of, you know, and we're trying to clean out the, we're trying to clean out the cellular garage, uh, the cellular waste, as opposed to add more into it. Um, so, um, there's a you know, lot to be uh, learned about uh, diet. Uh, I, I'll tell you one interesting story with me is that I have heart disease, disease in my family. My mo mother had 11 stints put in and my brother has had five. And I've always been worried about it. So um, I think 80% of people over 50 have some kind of blockage, but it's the silent killer when it comes to blockage in the um, arteries or the, to the heart. Um, and it's the number one disease, right? Heart disease. Yes. But anyway, I had a, um, a, a ultrasound done and it, it, it came back saying that I had a 50 to 70% blockage. And of course I didn't hear 50, I heard 70 and it terrified <laughs> me. And um, they sent me immediately to a vascular surgeon who said, oh, we don't do anything about it until it's 80%. And I'm like, wait a minute. If I was able to reverse my bone density why would I just sit here and say, do nothing and wait till I got to 80%? I mean, that's just like a ticking time bomb. So I immediately started reading and, and uh, I took out all meat. I took out um, saturated fats. I took out um, processed foods. I took out dairy. Nice. And I walked around the house going, there's nothing here to eat. <laughs> there's nothing. What am I getting? Because every time I looked at the saturated fats, they're like two and three. Uh, and I'm like, no, it has to either be 0.5 or nothing. So um, it was it was a trying time, but it was all or nothing. Had to just get right into it, and uh, little, little by little, um, he told the vascular surgeon told me to come back in two years. So after I changed my diet, um, I went back, and now 
it was a different machine, a different reader. So it could have been that, but it was down to 40% on both sides. So I asked, you know, does this have anything to do with diet? Does it have anything to do with the machine or you, you're reading it? And it's probably, she said, all of those things. So I'll never really know if the diet was the reason. And I'm sure it was, you know, a different machine, a different person. So there's a lot of variety to all that, you know, the end result. But I feel that the diet had to have done a lot. I mean, I don't use mayonnaise and oils. I put avocado instead on the, and I think that really pulled down my cholesterol as well. Absolutely. No, you can reverse. One thing that I'm certain, I have a terrible family history, as most people listen to podcasts know, that's why I became a cardiologist for the most part. And you can reverse vascular disease through nutrition and exercise, taking the saturated fats down, adding in the one thing that I will, you know, we talk about adding greens. So kale, cabbage, cauliflower, broccoli, beets, beet tops, Swiss chard, any kind of cabbage, Napa, spinach, arugula, contain a substance that when mixed with your saliva and mixed with the bacteria in your tongue, generate nitric oxide that actually dilate the, the arteries. Uh, it's been shown. So 15 minutes after you chew a piece of kale or eat a beet, your arteries dilate. Um, it's been shown to increase performance. And so it, it actually heals that endothelium over time. So we have, we have people that couldn't walk 25 yards without getting chest discomfort. We give them the six cup of greens, they go back to walking um, because you can open up little collaterals, but you act, your blood vessels can heal given the opportunity. So your body can heal. Your body's an amazing thing. It can keep moving and it can heal, uh, you know, uh, given the opportunity. So, yes. so you are, so you are on the right path and it's not just the technician being easy on you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, because my last blood test showed that, uh, it, that the cholesterol had gone way down too from that diet, which is, I guess that's how you, 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 you look at these things too, is through that cholesterol. If someone, it's a, yeah. it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a pull up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, for sure. I mean, there's a lot to be known. I mean, all the time they're finding, you know, our soil is not the best anymore with all the things that we're putting into it. So it's very difficult to find. It is. It is. It, it is. It can be very frustrating. Uh, you know, you try the best you can, you know, eating organic, if you backyard, uh, you know, uh, gardens, we, you know, encourage that, but certainly local farmers market organic as much as you can decreasing the pesticides and uh and move and, and you know you're a living example of it and well you know, i will say with with the exercise when you start an exercise program and you really get into it somehow the diet follows through because you want to get healthier and you want to put things in your body so you're able to work out better and so that 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 whole process starts like what am i eating how do i get my protein how do i you know i need that protein in order to you know have my workout and um you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan about everything <laughs> and a backup plan. Yeah, and a backup plan. Well, I really appreciate you taking time to speak with me. Really? It's been an honor to meet you. Uh, I will continue to follow you on Instagram. And I think you should make this something that, you know, uh, attracts a lot more people, um, you know, as we get older. To ninja? So yeah, to ninjas, so that there's more than a 40 plus age group, that there's a 40 to 50, a 50 to 60, a 60 to 70, and an 80 up, you know? I mean, that yeah. would be really cool, I think. And it doesn't have to be the one on TV, but I think if more parks and different places had things to do, you know, um, it, it would challenge a lot of people. So keep setting examples. Um, I like will do think, my best. Keep See pushing. how long we can keep this going. Keep going. I look forward to, to checking back in with you, you know, at uh, 75 or 80. How about that? How about that? <laughs> that would be wonderful. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. I've enjoyed it. call strength is ageless break it up into little pieces take one step at a time take a big obstacle and make it a little obstacle just like in nutrition training ninja 
Consistency is key. Everyone needs a goal. So find your motivation and stick to it and be consistent. And who knows, you might also be a ninja warrior. Since I did the interview, I have actually looked up a progression on how to get to unassisted pull-ups by doing some various strength training. So I'll keep you uh, up to date on how my pull-up challenge is coming. I'm hoping to stick to it and be consistent. We have uh, our next race is a trail marathon, followed by a swim run, followed by a marathon, and then we head into ultra season. So lots of good goals on the horizon, but uh, strength training makes all of that better. So I'm going to uh, think of Jenny and keep use her as my motivator to keep strength training. As always, I'll uh, put links to Jenny's Instagram account and her website, and you can uh, some other podcasts that she's been on. Again, check out her movie or the movie Palms to see uh, her do a split. And uh, um, I, you can also all of her old commercials are on. You may have seen her and you just didn't know it. So. Uh, folders, I always come to mind, folders in your cup. So I hope, again, uh, you're motivated by what she is accomplishing and keep at it, keep trying. And thank you for listening.